Welcome to the Sports Fan Radio Podcast. The panel recently spoke with Wayne Holdsworth. His son Mac committed suicide in October last year and Wayne is now on a mission for change on suicide to spare other families the same heartbreak. Here's a three-point plan on suicide prevention that he discussed with the panel. Very special guest today, Wayne Holdsworth. G'day, Mark. The reason we've got you on today is to talk about a very important thing. Your 17-year-old son, Mac, took his own life in October last year. And there's been an article in The Australian and The Herald Sun by Paul Amy, Amy that says you're on a mission for change to spare other families from the same heartbreak. Firstly, condolences from the panel for your loss. Perhaps you'd like to uh, kick it off with telling us something about it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. And and thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. It's, it's something that um, happened that I wasn't prepared for naturally and it was on the, the 24th of October last year where Mac normally gets up at about 6.30, quarter to 7 in the morning, and he hadn't. And so uh, there was only Daisy, my 15-year-old daughter, and myself in the house, and uh, Maggie had just taken off to drive into the city for work. And so I knocked on his door, and um, he wasn't in his bed and looked to the right. And I won't go into the graphic detail, but he'd taken his own life and so we, I asked Daisy, I yelled and I and asked Daisy to call triple zero, which she did. And um, unfortunately, I, I knew straight away that he had passed away um, because of the feel of him. And not long after that, the paramedics arrived, the police arrived and, you know, obviously declared him you know, that he passed away. Um, it, it's something that I wasn't obviously prepared for. You know, to make then a phone call to my wife, Maggie, to tell her that, you know, Mac had passed away. Um, and then also to ring, you know, the other siblings as well, uh, Joss and Ben, to tell them that their brother had just passed away was really difficult. Um, and then obviously to um, greet all the families that came around and and try to at least get two words out that weren't, that were coherent was really hard. Um and as the leader of the family, trying to set some sort of tone was really hard. Having said that, um, I, I was quickly connected with a service called Support After Suicide. And um, Adrian Price is a person that I was connected to uh, the following day. And I see him now once a week on a Friday as a counsellor and a guide. And he helped me get through the funeral. Uh, there were 700 at the funeral, which is quite quite a large number. Um, and then getting through Christmas and and then giving me the strength really to be able to say, right, okay, Mac didn't leave a legacy at 17. He was too young to do so. But I have to build that legacy for him. And Mark and panel, I've got three things that I'm going to do, not want to do, I am going to do. And that is firstly to set up a program which we've started or uh, started the preliminary work on already to assist kids in our region um, to be able to have somewhere to go straight away because at the moment there's a five-week waiting list at Headspace um, and you're going to do something between the time you need to go and the time you see somebody. I know that through research. Um, Mac had three things also that, that troubled him. One was that his mum passed away 100 days before he committed suicide um, also, he was abused at work. And thirdly, he was sexually extorted. Um, and that sexual extortion case was quite surprising because the person that did do that 
um, made a big error. He gave Mac his own Commonwealth Bank account when he paid the money into that account instead of the one that was supposedly used for overseas that he was supposed to use. Well, the police found him and charged him and last uh, on the 30th of January got five years jail, which five years jail for that crime is worth 15 because of the treatment that they get inside the prison by other prisoners. And so the first thing is to set up a program for kids. The second thing is to get suicide legislation like there is in Adelaide or South Australia and like there is being debated now in New South Wales here in Victoria. And I'm endeavouring to um, connect with um, the hierarchy and Victorian government to put that case forward. And the third thing, and, and finally, we got some traction in the last two weeks in the Australian and yesterday in the Herald Sun, is to get the number of people that have committed suicide out there. You know, back in the 70s, and I think a couple of panel members would uh, remember this, that there was a campaign in Victoria around the road toll, front page, back page, you name it. It was about the 1,034 people that were killed in the 70s on the road in that one year. And that's now reduced to 299. It's still far too many, but the effort and time and resources dedicated to that have brought it down. 800 people in Victoria in 2023 committed suicide compared to 299 deaths on the road, 800. You know, 14 days ago, that beautiful mother in Ballarat went running and she's now missing. Um, she has had extensive, you know, media coverage because it's a it's an awful story. Well, since then, 28 people here in Victoria have taken their lives. And so I, I will not stop until that number, not, not glorifying the act, you know, there's the Werther theory that was suggested in the mid-70s that there's a copycat. If you put a high-profile person out there that has committed suicide, people will copycat that. Well, that's nineteen mid-1970s. We're in the 2024 year, and I could tell you exactly how anyone died here in Victoria because of the, the transcript down the bottom, the lifeline, the Beyond Blue, et cetera. We all know that, and there's not a copycat syndrome out there. We can all find that out. I want to challenge that research right now and I want that number on the front page and we want to campaign about suicide. It's an epidemic that's not being addressed. In two years' time, it will be at a 1,000 based upon the rate that it's been growing for the last three years. So, Mark and panel, that, that's why I'm um, campaigning really heavily. It's had some traction in the last two weeks and I will not stop until we achieve those three aims. Judge? Yeah, uh, Wayne, uh, well said, and uh, obviously condolences to you and the family for, for your loss. Um, it's, it's it's the worst thing uh, for a parent to lose a child and these circumstances we don't we can't comprehend it, but thanks for you know telling us about about your young fellow. Um, look, the um, two things that interest me what you were saying, I'll come back to one the legislation, but that number, I, I agree with you. Uh, I remember the 1034 campaign. Yeah. And how successful was it when we got seatbelt legislation, drink drive legislation, the speeding rules were totally changed, the kids getting their licences, the whole, the whole deal. Kids are a lot more responsible now. I can say that you and I were and Mark was back in the day. Yeah. Because of that, I, I'd say because of that campaign. Yeah. What What is the, and that, that number's shocking, 
that the numbers you're told about how many suicides there are, and it's on the increase. That's that's the worst part of it. Why do you think it is that we're so reticent about putting this stuff on the front page of the paper? John, that's the very question that I asked as well. And, you know, I would think that in the last two or three weeks when I've gone out with this number, 99% of people do not know that it's 800. They, you know, I was at the Seaford Footy Netball Club a couple of weeks ago and presented to the young players there. You know, about 18 to 25 they were and a few older blokes. And I asked the question, how many people have died on the roads this year? And a fiery put his hand up and he said, oh, about 290. I said, yeah, you're pretty right. Put your hand up if you know how many people died of suicide. No one knew. You know, they started at 100, 200, said higher, higher. And when I got to 800, they were just gobsmacked. Um, I've investigated it, John, and apparently, and the the papers are very loath to put in the um, suicide rate because of this Werther theory, the copycat. Um, yes. but I'm not. I'm not advocating to put the act there. I'm advocating to put the number there. You know, and that 800 is conservative because that doesn't count the number of kids like we saw in the newspaper two or three weeks ago that get in their car and drive into oncoming traffic to to commit suicide. They're referred to as accidents. So, so one is the is the, the basic idea that um, if we don't talk about it, you know, it, it, there won't be a problem. But if we do talk about it, that others will um, repeat it. But it seems to me that if we're so ignorant about that 800 number, and I'll tell you I was, uh, that means we're not talking about the subject at all. Yeah. And we're not talking about the subject, not educating ourselves, uh, and, and we're not going to ameliorate or improve the situation at all, it seems to me. So I, for one, totally support you. Yeah, and, and John, that's the point. And this, this is the point of getting, you know, Paul Amy writing the story and getting traction in The Australian and The Herald Sun. It's, it's not about Mac. We we obviously we obviously are still grieving and it's really hard, but it's not about that. It's about sending a message to mums and dads and the kids to ask more than just "Are you okay?" That campaign is flawed because the, the perception is all you got to do is ask the "Are you okay?" question. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be "Are you okay?" Because I ask that every day in the car when I drive Mac to either work or his footy training or basketball, and he'd say every time, and he'd use these words, "I'm fine, Dad." And then we talk about the cricket or footy. If I'd said to him, "Mac, have you got suicidal thoughts?" Now I know it's confrontational. There would have been a pause, and that pause would have told me that he's thinking about it, and that's mm. research. So one in five. John, one in five people here in Victoria, here in Australia, have suicide suicidal thoughts. Yes. So in that group of 100 that I spoke to at the Secret Footy Club, there were 15 to 20 people that are, that are categorised as at risk. And, you know, we tell them to wait five weeks to get an appointment with Headspace. We're kidding ourselves. We're not fair income about it. And to raise the profile and to get it out there, more um, adults will ask the question, more kids will be susceptible to, to at least breaking down and, and working with their parents. Hi, Wayne. Uh, Paul Delegan here. I can only say sorry for, for your loss. I, I just wanted to ask on a statistical basis, is there an increasing prevalence amongst whether it's men or women or uh, youth issue more so or is it um the stats on that uh, are relatively constant um, it's a really good question a really good question paul and unfortunately 
there's a percentage increase in girls now, but it's still heavily in favour of boys taking their lives. Uh, and also the percentage of youth, which is categorised as about 16, 17 to about 23, 24, that's increasing as a percentage of the pie. Mm. And it's not really surprising, is it, Paul, because, you know, oh. the pressures that the kids are associated with. I mean, Mac was a bit unusual because he had three things occur to him in the same short space of time. But in talking to some kids at our basketball stadium, we've got about 7,500 that, that play and about two and a half that are in that bracket. In just talking to general, generally to them, they would say that not making a basketball team gives them anxiety. And so that resilience level that potentially, you know, us as adults had back in the day is not there. And I hear just recently, and you would have heard this too, Paul, just recently, that the NRL have decided to not keep score of, I think it's under eights or under tens, and not have finals for the community um, uh, rugby. And and for me, that I'm not I'm not in favour of that because it doesn't teach kids at a young age to be resilient and that losing or coming seconds okay. Well, I was just going to ask you about the legislation. Um, I'm interested in that. Uh, what legislation is there elsewhere, and what are you suggesting for Victoria? Yep, yeah, it's called um, suicide prevention legislation, and 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 it's it's obviously relatively new in South Australia. It was last year, I think it was adopted. New South Wales are actually debating it now in, in their parliament, and but there's nothing in Victoria. Essentially, it's um, uh, legislation that, for want of a better word, profiles and dedicates a percentage of the budget to mental health. And mm -hmm. it's not random, it's not this, it's not that, oh, we've had a bad year, we can only afford this. It's, it's a percentage of the budget, whatever that budget is. Um, and that, that's the part that caught my eye. There's other aspects of it too, John, um, you know, around, you know, building a committee, ensuring that there's enough services out there, which is failing here in Victoria, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Um, and, you know, I, I think that the fact that South Australia have adopted the legislation, New South Wales are discussing it. Surely it says that we need to at least investigate it and to give it some, give us an opportunity to support it and therefore get it profiled. And maybe one of their agenda items is profiling suicide. The well, Wayne, uh, just on a cost-benefit analysis, you'd spend four times, just going by the raw numbers of deaths, you'd spend four times the amount you're currently spending on road safety towards suicide prevention. Yep. Yep. That, would be a big, that would be a big number. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and you're right, your comments before, John, about the fact that, you know, that campaign in the 70s, you know, the 1034, they spent millions not just on um, the education, you know, with regard to safety belts and, and drink driving and better roads, better vehicles, better restrictions on kids driving, um, but on the actual program, the education as well. You know, they spent millions of dollars on that. Australia was the first place in the world to have road safety uh, sorry, um, seatbelt, compulsory seatbelt legislation. Uh, so Australia is capable yeah. getting, um, you know, uh, uh, thinking legislation put forward on serious subjects. And I, I think we dropped the ball a bit over the years, but uh, we certainly used to know how to do this stuff. Yeah, yep. Wayne, you spoke about uh, South Australia having the legislation and New South Wales discussing it. 
Um, from your own research, have you do you know how much Victoria spends or puts towards suicide prevention, even though it might not be legislated? No, I don't, Mark. I don't have that figure. Um, and, and I think the reason that I don't have it, I've tried to research it, is that it's it's not as coordinated or as or as easily accessed that information. Um, and I, I I don't want to say. Uh, or brand the government or anything like that, but I, I think it's more ad not ad hoc, but it's not as not as organised or delivered as well as it, it should be, and so it's really hard to get. Like for an example, I was contacted yesterday by a private health insurance organisation that um, are interested in me talking to their their executive, and they alone spend um, a percentage of their net profit on mental health. And you wonder why private enterprise needs to do that when you've got a government that should be doing that for us. It's because there's not enough being done. Uh, Wayne, um, obviously, condolences to you and the family, mate. Um, yeah, pretty horrible news and uh, love what you're doing. And one of the things that sort of <laughs> I've always looked at um, is we have an RUOK day every year. Businesses use that, I don't know, they just they have a day and... They promote it, but I'm not sure one day cuts it, um, whereas you've got 364, 365 days a year where they may not be. You may not ask that question and you really don't give a shit about people. How, how do we get better, mate? Like that's And I suppose that's, uh, honestly, how do we get better? Like we've got Beyond Blue out there. We've got, like you've said, Headspace and these organisations, but the numbers are just going one way. Yeah. Um, Kuda, the RUOK program is in my opinion, only my opinion, is flawed because it's it's the perception is that you ring up or you ask someone, are you okay? They will say, fine, David, I am fine. And then we'll talk about the cricket and, cricket and pudding results because it doesn't promote the next question. The are you okay campaign should be, are you okay? And then another question. And that's not what it's, it doesn't give that perception in my opinion. So, my, my view is this, that we need to return um, mental health to, back to the community. So we as adults need to be further educated on being able to speak to people, whether they're young, um, middle-aged or old age, around their feelings. So, for an example, if a, a boy, a young boy, 17 or 18, meets a girl for the first time, they have a relationship and then after about six months to 12 months, the girl doesn't like the boy anymore and goes off with his best mate. That boy is really susceptible to, um, you know, anxiety, depression, etc. However, if we're able to provide him with someone to listen that's trained to say, don't let this define you because in two days you will feel better, in a week you'll feel even better, and in two weeks' time, you'll be going back to the footy with your mates playing and you'll be looking back and it's not as big as you think it is and to to be able to access them. So what we're going to do, we're going to set up at the Frankston Basketball Stadium, we're going to set up um, Smack Talk. It's capital S, M-A-C in brackets, K, Talk, and it'll be branded in there. 
And we're going to train up 30 volunteers that age between 18 and about 27. They're all either players of, of football or basketball, girls and boys. They'll be there on a rostered basis. And we'll be opening it up to anybody that wants to come in and have a chat if they feel as though they're under pressure. I know it's only a start, but once we get it started, we'll, we'll hopefully get some traction, get some funding, and it will grow and get bigger. And the people don't have to wait five weeks because that's what they have to do at Headspace. And I can guarantee you that if they have to wait five weeks, something will happen in that gap. Let's jump in on that. Um, I, I agree with you completely. That Are you okay, Dave? If I'm not okay, a yellow screensaver and a stress ball isn't going to help. Uh, you, you do need to take that extra next step. And I've got three kids and I, I often say to them, are you okay? But you don't get much from that cursory yeah. inquiry. You, you do need to probe a bit further and um, try, try and get that, that, that real, really what's bothering because you will get that blanket response if you don't make that further effort. Yeah. And, and Paul, like with your kids, they, they, they play sport, you know, if, if they're limping and they come in and they're limping, you'll say, oh, what have you done? And they go, oh, it's a knee. Oh, what have you done to the knee? So you're probing because it's a physical thing. But with mental health, we simply don't do it. And that, that's going to take a long while for people's attitude to change because it's just seen as something we can't see it so it's not real. Well, I can tell you it's bloody real. Wayne, what I like about that program you just told us about, that it's um, it's uh, done with their peers. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 real time. Uh, they, they see them regularly. Yeah. Uh, it's a local basis, so they feel, you know, it's at their sports club, so they feel comfortable. Compared to the Are You OK? I mean, to, with the greatest respect to people who organise, I know it's well-intentioned, but I, I wouldn't go past saying to yeah. somebody, well, actually, I feel sorry, sorry, weird about saying to somebody, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, and then they say, yes, I am. Well, what am I supposed to do after that? Say, well, hang on, hang on. Yeah. I want to know if you've got suicidal thoughts. At, at a workplace, it's a bit silly um, because we're not living their lives. We, we, we work colleagues. Mm. Whereas your program yeah. is, is, is in their, you know, their safe spaces. It's, it's where they, they play sports so they feel comfortable. Yeah. I, I like it. Oh, thanks. Good, good luck to your program. And, and, and my comments about the Are You OK Day is more designed at employers as well, as in this is something that should be looked after or looked at more regularly. Now, mm. are you going to be open and honest with your employer if you are having issues? I don't know. But they're the people that you see five days a week, eight hours, ten hours a day. Um, your, your, your habits change. And, and I think one the other thing is that it's just being able to have the conversation and understanding the words and everything like that. Like, are you okay is the first question, but if you don't get it, and like Paul said, kids these days are pretty um, pretty lacking when it comes to words, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've got their gaming and their uh, Fortnite and all these sorts of things. Uh, so Even with my genetics, mine don't say much sometimes. <laughs> it is, so that it's, yeah, so it is hard and I think, you're seeing it obviously raw at the moment, but you've also got the other side of it, Wayne, with regards to being the CEO of um, about one of Australia's largest basketball organisations. And and that's it, Cooter. That's exactly it. Like we've got we've got an opportunity, and I, I now see it as my responsibility mm. to at least do something. You know, and 
we may not have a major impact on the suicide rate. That might be just something that because of, you know, our um, the, the way in which people are built these days and programmed these days, that it, it, it's going to continue. But we've got to do something. Like sitting on our hands is like saying we give up. So we've got to do something. And I, I firmly believe it, that this will make a difference. This will at least keep the kids um, alive for a bit longer. Wayne, the other thing is the ripple effect of uh, your son's passing. You've got three other children, like you said, yeah. uh, Daisy, Josh and Benji. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the other collateral damage, I suppose. Um, and they're also suffering uh, differently, I suppose, but really uh, significantly. Now, where do they go? Um, what, what help is available for them? Well, and, and this is the thing too, John, I... I make sure that they all go to counselling at least once a fortnight. Um, Daisy goes Tuesday nights, which is really important. And uh, if you force someone to get counselling, it's no good. They've got to go on their own. They want to. They want to go. They need to want to go. And so um, they, they're all going, fortunately. But I see them up and down. You know, they'll have a good day and then a bad day. But you know, my, my theory is that you write down all your good days and the reasons why, and when you're having a bad day, refer to that day that you had a really good one, and it might just get you through. Um, but, yeah, they've really suffered, and that, they're asking the same question that I have asked myself a million times, and that is, why didn't we see it? Why didn't we do something about it? Um, leading up to Max's death, um, about four weeks before, we went on a trip to Hawaii, the whole family, and... It was the best two weeks that we've had as a family and it was trying to put a smile on the kids' faces, particularly Daisy and Mac who'd lost their mum in the same year. And I'd never seen Mac as happy as he was then, you know. And then, you know, the night before he was mucking around with Daisy, he was telling her that he was going to take her out shopping because it was a birthday the following week. You know, he asked me whether, um, you know, he could drive the car the next day. He was on our plates. I said, yeah, great. That was the last word he said to me. Um, but he made his mind up, we think, looking at all the information about two months before. And so um, that there's a window there, I reckon. There's a window there that if, if I was to have said to Mac, have you got suicidal thoughts, I would have got him. I would have got him. But I didn't ask the question. So we're all thinking the same. We could have done more. Wayne, you mentioned the 1034 campaign, and I still remember the saying that was, as you said, plastered on all the newspapers, declare war on 1034. And when that was published, it created outrage within the community because finally numbers were actually put up that people could take into account. Now, you said that one of the three things that you're working on is campaigning to have suicide death numbers recorded because I think that's something that really needs to be done because until people realise the number's 800 across the community, you can't get any widespread outrage going and, and what are we going to do about it? And I bet if something like that happens, then there will be votes in suicide and campaigns to prevent it. Yeah, that's a really good point, Mark. It's a really good point because I have been told um, that there's no votes in suicide prevention, right? Um, and so that that's that's probably a challenge that we're going to have. But as soon as someone puts that number up and you have a government committed 
at federal and state level to lowering that number, then that is a vote catcher because, you know, 800 people committed suicide in Victoria last year alone here in Victoria. All the families that are associated with those those 800, there's a lot of people. Um, you know, a bloke rang me last night. I was driving Daisy and Maggie to get some fish and chips and sit on the beach and my phone rang. And it was an unusual number, but I took the call. And he said, G'day, Wayne. It's Richard Evans here. I said, G'day, Richard. How are you going? And he said, I read your article. My daughter committed suicide three or four years ago. And he said, I've been wallowing in self-pity, grief for that period of time. Can I help you with your program? And so that's one person that there'd be lots of people out there that if they saw that campaign on the front page and a government got behind it, they would vote for them. Well, when you said no votes, um, that's, that's, I mean, it's shocking, but obviously that's a reality. And we don't hear about uh, suicides unless it's a famous person or an AFL footballer and we we hear about it, but then, then it's just... Newspaper fodder, and, and and that's which which is horrible. What I like about what you're doing, I mean, apart from the fact you're famous to us, we know you, but you're not a, a household name. Your son wasn't a household name, and that I think would actually resonate more strongly with with uh, everybody because you're a, a real person, a real grieving family, uh, and you are genuinely trying to do something about it. So I, I actually think, and again, more strength to your arm, that what you're doing is probably more likely to be long-term effective than yeah. just a, a sugar hit in, in the in the newspapers about a, a well-known person who's suicided. Agree. Yeah. Well, mm. thanks very much for coming on the program, Wayne. It's a very uh, difficult issue to discuss, but we really appreciate it. We think it's very, very important to get the message out there, especially to all our viewers and across our social media channels. Um, if you think of any way that we can possibly be of assistance to you in the future, only have to contact any one of us to uh, try and give as much help as we can. Yeah. Mark, thank you very much. And to the panel, thank you. that You've already done an enormous amount already by having me on this morning, and I really appreciate it. And we will make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. If you are facing a mental health crisis or suicidal ideation, you are not alone. Help is available. You can call Lifeline on 131114, Suicide Callback Service 1300 659 467, Beyond Blue 1300 224 636 or Men's Line Australia 1300 789 978. We'll be back with another Sports Fan Radio podcast shortly. (laughs) 